And last week, I preached a very pivotal message in our church. I realize about half of the church uh, shows up on any given Sunday. So I realize some of you are here today that weren't here last week. And I want to encourage you to get online to watch that message, to listen to it, download it on your iPod. It's absolutely free. Listen to that message. Watch it. Because I talk about some changes that we're getting ready to make uh, here at Oklahoma City location, at our Midwest City location. Uh, we're making some renovations in our kids and youth ministry, securing it, updating uh, some wonderful changes for discipleship to be able to provide next step and help people grow spiritually. And so I unpack all of that for you in that message. So be sure to go listen and watch that uh, today. I would encourage you. And also so that we can reach one more person so that we can reach people who are far from God. Not only are we doing renovations at both locations, but we're also uh, starting a third people's church location in Northwest Oklahoma City that we are pumped up about. And I talked about that over 31,000 square foot building in detail last week, so you'll be able to hear that. But if you did miss last week, let me show you the location. Check out the Express Event Center. We'll be meeting there tonight at 5 o'clock. Would you please come and pray with your church? If you had an opportunity to tour it, you'll be able to tour through it, and we'll also be praying. And so that will be our People's Church location. That, that, that electric sign out front will be People's Church's sign as well. We're pumped up about that. And that, that's, that's located on Northwest Expressway right near Council Road. And here's what the outside will look like when we're done. Check out the next picture there. And so that's what it looks like up top. And then down low, you can see what that building will look like. And we are anticipating being there in that building in April of next year. So just a few months away in Northwest Oklahoma City, here we come. And so last week, I talked about us being dream builders. And we talked about sacrificing. And I want to focus on that word today. Everybody say sacrifice. We talked about last week time, we talked about talent, we talked about treasure, time, talent, and treasure, and, and we all have to sacrifice in God's kingdom, time, talent, and treasure. Why? To reach one more, to see more changed lives. We sacrifice time, talent, and treasure so that we can unpopulate hell and populate heaven, and it's worth every sacrifice to see more changed lives. And so what I want to do today is I want to give you three characteristics of, of, of sacrifice, a biblical sacrifice. And I want to use as a backdrop today, Abraham and Isaac, a very powerful story. And so let me give you three characteristics today of the word sacrifice. And the first characteristic is sacrifice is difficult. It's, it's difficult. Many people have a difficulty with this word sacrifice, though it's a very biblical, kingdom-minded word, but it's, it's difficult. And let's go to Genesis 22, picking up in verse number one, and let's look up this story of Abraham and Isaac. And the Bible says this, sometime later, God tested Abraham. Everybody shout test it. That's a key word for today. God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son. Notice this, your only son, the only one you have, whom you love, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the 
reason of Moriah, sacrifice, that's the key word for today, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Please understand this. God's not going to ask you to sacrifice your bad child. I just want to clear up some theology. I need to clear that up now because some of you, you know, you know, you're new to Bible study. You're like, what's up? Sacrifice? Praise God. I've been thinking about sacrificing mine. No. This is a test. This was before the law was given in Exodus when God said, thou shalt not kill. But even before the law, before the law was given. Now, it's a, very, it's a commandment now. Thou shalt not kill. But before the law was given, God was still not in the baby sacrifice. He was not in the child sacrifice. This was a, a test. And so let me talk to you about sacrifice, why it is difficult. And the first thought I want to just sow into your heart today is sacrifice is difficult because it's a test. Oftentimes it is a test. And please understand this. God will test you. God will test me. God will test us. Now, God will never tempt us, but he will test us. And there's a major difference between temptation and a test. You see, temptation is seduction to, to evil or, or solicitation to do wrong. Temptation lures a person to do evil. But a test, on the other hand, is for a person's good. It makes us aware of our true self. A test reveals where we are with God. You see, a temptation is for a person's demotion. A test is for a person's promotion. God tests, but Satan tempts. And God will test you to strengthen you. He will test you so that you can have revealed to you where you are in your faith, where you are in your relationship with, with God and question for you. How are you doing on the test? Getting an A, you got a B, you got a C, you got a D, you have an F. When God tests, how do you respond in your faith, in your walk with God? The writer of 1 Peter says it like this in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 7. These trials or these tests will show that your faith is genuine. When you go through a trial or a test, it will show or, or it will reveal the quality of your faith. Is your faith genuine? You see, a lot of people have wishy-washy faith. They go through a test. They go through a trial. They, they quit serving God. They quit pressing into God. And he says, when you go through a trial, when you go through a test, it will reveal the quality of your faith. And he goes on to say, it is being, notice this, it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, and that's it, that should happen. When you go through a test, when you go through a trial, and sometimes it is God testing you, your faith, if you have genuine faith, if you have mature faith, it should remain strong through many trials. Think about your life when you're tested. Does your faith remain strong? Are you passing or are you failing the test? How about this sacrifice test of time, of talent, of treasure? You got an A? You got, you got a B? You got an F? You see, many people don't, don't, don't sacrifice because it's a test and it can be difficult. 
A second thing I want you to see here is sacrifice is difficult because we give up our dream. We give up our dream. And, and Abraham had to sacrifice. The scripture says it like this. His only son by Sarah. And not only his only son, but this son was their dream. This son was the, the promised child. If you're not familiar with the story, God tells Abraham and Sarah that all nations on earth will be blessed through this child. This is the promised child. And this was their dream. And Abraham and Sarah had been waiting over 25 years for this child. It was a miracle child. Sarah's womb was barren and, and Abraham was a hundred years old and they have this baby finally born. The dream is here. And now several years later, God says, sacrifice the dream. Hold up, God. This is the promised child. This is the one you said all nations on earth will be blessed through. This was our dream for years. And you're asking us to sacrifice. Our dream, that's difficult, God. And sacrificing can be difficult because at times God will ask you to sacrifice your dream for, for his dream. And I can remember when Tiffany and I were in Missouri and, and my wife was wrapping up her college degree and it was back in 2001 and I had already been traveling full time and Tiffany was finishing her degree and we had got all of our debt paid off except for a home. We had bought a new home, and, and all of our debt was paid off. We had thousands of dollars worth of student loan debt and credit card debt and a car, and we just we paid it all off. I'm 25 now. Tiffany's 23, and, and we're living the dream. I'm preaching around the world, and God is blessing, and lives are being changed, and, and, and my wife had got the teaching job she wanted at the school she wanted. And so we're pumped up. We're excited about our future, and we're going to pay off our house in two years. I mean, we got it all laid out. We've always lived way below, beneath our means, and we're going to pay the house off in two years, and we're pumped up about it. It's, we're living the dream. And then God speaks to us in April of 2001 and says, I want you to go start a new church. I rebuke you, Satan. God, we're living the dream. I mean, God, you're in the blessing, right? You want to bless us, right? God, Tiffany just got the job she wanted. Things are going well. The ministry's being blessed. We're, we're scheduled out over a year with engagements, God. What do you mean? This, was, this is the dream. You know what we did? We sacrificed the dream, and we sold our home. And we took the thousands of dollars that we had saved and we moved to Oklahoma City. And we invested thousands of dollars in this church called People's Church. And we sacrificed our dream for his dream to see more changed lives. And can I tell you, neither Tiffany and I regret one moment of sacrifice. Even living in a hotel for over a month. Because it's always been about more changed lives. And sometimes, sometimes it'll all be working out. It won't even all make sense. And God says, no, sacrifice your dream for my dream. And if you give up your dream for my dream, my dream is always better than your dream. 
And lives have been changed because of sacrifice. And, you know, it's difficult because it's a test. It's difficult because at times God will ask you to give up your dream for his dream. A a third reason sacrifice is difficult is because we give up what we love. We give up what we love. And Abraham had to sacrifice. And I read it to you in the opening verses. It says the son that he loved. This is my boy, my only son by Sarah. This is the only one. I love him. And you're asking me to put my son on the altar? You're asking me to bound him up and tie him up with rope? And you're asking me to sacrifice my child that I love on the altar? Abraham, I'm asking you to give up what you love. Are you willing to sacrifice? And when you're really committed to God, you give up what you love for what you love more. And God, I love him. But I love you more. And God, I love my own time. But I love you more. And God, I've got talents that I could just use just for me, but but I love you more. God, I got treasure and things that I love on this earth. And so many people love all kinds of things on this earth. I love that. I love this. I love that. And God says, do you love me more? Because when you love me more, you're willing to lay down the very thing, that the dream, the thing you love because you love me more. And people's church, I hope it's said of us that God, you know what? There's some things that we love on this earth, but you know what? We love you more. We're more committed to you. We're more to commit to kingdom purposes. And yes, we love that, but we love seeing souls saved more. Yes, we love that, but we love reaching one more. Yes, Lord, we love this, but we love you more. We're committed to you and sacrifice is oftentimes difficult because you give up what you love for what you love more Jesus his kingdom his purposes there's a second thing I want you to see about sacrifice sacrifice and that is this sacrifice is worship it's worship Notice this in Genesis 22 in verse number 3. It says, early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. Notice this. We will worship. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham says sacrificing for God is worship. It's worship. Can I tell you in our American culture, in our, in our Western society that we live in, we view worship as going to church. Like I'm going to go worship. And worship is simply going to church and singing some songs. Maybe as you're in God's presence, crying in his presence or, or raising a hand. Or worship is I'm going to go hear a message, hear, hear, a, hear a sermon. And in our culture, that, that is what is considered worship. But I want you to know the Bible says true worship is when we sacrifice everything to please God. Abraham worshiped because he was willing to surrender everything to 
to God, his entire life to God. He said, I will, Lord, I will withhold nothing from you, God. I give up everything. I'll sacrifice everything to follow you as worship. And when we sacrifice our time and we sacrifice our talent and when we sacrifice our treasure and say, God, we give you our entire life. Friends, can I tell you? That is called true worship. I like how Paul puts it in in the New Testament in Romans chapter 12, verse number 1. He says it like this, Therefore I urge you or I beg of you or, or I plead with you. Brothers and sisters, talking to Christ followers, talking to Christians, talking to the church. Brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, because God's been good to you, because God saved you, because God's washed away your sins, because he's merciful, to offer your bodies, your entire body, your time, your talent, your treasure, your everything. Notice this, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Notice this, this is your true and proper worship. True worship is more than just going to church and singing songs and hearing a message. True worship is when you sacrifice everything for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. True worship is when you're saying, God, I'm going to be a living sacrifice. I'm not just going to put a little on the altar. I'm not just going to give you a little of my time. I'm not just going to give you a little of my talent and a little of my treasure. But no, God, I am the sacrifice. And I get on the altar, and it's difficult, and it hurts sometimes, and it's painful sometimes to pick up my cross and to follow you daily. But I get on the cross, I get on the altar as a li- I don't want to be a dead sacrifice. I want to be a living sacrifice. I'm yours. And I get on the altar and say, God, have my life, my entire life. And I love this church because there are men and women at this church who are true worshipers. I think about my friend Promise, and old Promise Eggway, he's, he's a great man of God, and I love Promise, man. So, so many of you know him, and he's a true worshiper. I think about Promise, he, he's on our worship team on Sundays, and so he has to be here Tuesday night for hours practicing for Sunday services, and Promise is always faithful. And then Promise is on our Wednesday night worship team for Epic Student Ministry, our youth ministry. And Promise has to show up early for church because Promise understands, you know, just coming to church and sitting down and hearing a message and singing a song, it's not, it's not just worship. Worship is my life. So he shows up early and he practices in the band. Then he leads our students in worship. And then after he's done with worship, Promise is one of our, our youth leaders. And then Promise pours into teenagers and shares Jesus with them and pours into our young men. And you know what Promise does after church? Promise after Wednesday night service, served on Sunday, served on Wednesday, got there early. Then Promise goes and helps out in the children's ministry, helps set up rooms and help get everything ready for, for our kids' ministry. Promise is a servant. He's a true worshiper. And then on top of all of that, Promise then goes and he leads one of our community groups throughout the week. And you say, well, Promise has a whole lot more time than me. I'm busy. No, no, Promise. Promise is on the altar. Promise says, God, my life is yours. 
Promises, God, I put my excuses on the altar to build your, your kingdom. I think about Courtney and Courtney Cheatham, and I love the Cheatham family, and they've been with us for years, since way back in the theater days, almost since day one, for the first year or so of the church, they've been coming to people's church, and, and the whole family serving and making a difference, and I love Courtney, and she's one of our true worshipers here, and Courtney's one of our epic youth leaders, and she comes on Wednesday nights, and she pours into our teenagers and, and pours into young ladies in the youth ministry. And, and Courtney not only does that, but then she comes throughout the week and serves in the office. And she's one of our office volunteers and just comes and makes a difference and uses her gifts to, to bless the kingdom of God to help us reach one more person for Jesus Christ. And then on Sundays, you know what Courtney does? Courtney drives from far north down to Midwest City, and she goes and she serves in the kids' ministry not once a month, not every other week. Courtney serves every single week. Pouring into babies, loving on kids, pouring Christ into our children. Because you know what Gordon understands? Worship is not just coming to church and singing songs. Worship is me being a living sacrifice and saying, God, I yield my time. I yield my talents. I yield my treasures to reach one more person to make a difference for you. My life is not my own. I was bought with a price. I'm going to honor you with my body. I think about William Solomon. William serves over at our Midwest City location. I love William, man. William shows up every Sunday morning early, around 7.30 in the morning. If you showed up, you would think he was paid staff. He's not. He shows up at 7.30 every Sunday. Rain, sleet, snow, cold, 20 degrees, 100 degrees. He's there early. You know what he does? He goes out in the parking lot every Sunday in Midwest City. And he goes, clean up the parking lot, cleans up the trash, faithfully, he didn't ever call it and go, ooh, it's cold today. I'm going to turn that over to y'all this week. It's cold. After. Never. No, William is there, man. He's all, William doesn't have a life. Oh, he's got a life. he got a job. He's grown. He's been coming here for years. But he gets there because he's a living sacrifice. And you know what he does after he cleans up the parking lot? He goes into prayer meeting and he prays. We have pre-service prayer every single week. And he goes and he prays. Then after the prayer meeting, he goes back out and he goes into the parking lot. And he serves in the parking lot for the 830 service. And then after he worships, after he goes back in, he hears the message, he worships. Then he comes back after the 8.30 for the 10 o'clock service, and he serves one more time. You say, well, he didn't have a life. He has a real life. He's just on the altar. And you know what he does every time we have a baptismal service? You know what he does? He shows up, and he helps us with baptism and set up, and he's not there for one service. He's there for all four services because you know what William understands? William understands that I'm on the altar. My life is not my own. Yes, I got some things I want to do. I got some things I could be doing with my time, but I put my time on the altar. I put my talent on the altar. I put my treasure on the altar. Jesus, I'm yours. And the Bible says true worship is when we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. And we put ourselves on the altar for God. There's a third thing that I want you to see, a third characteristic of, of sacrifice, and that is this sacrifice requires faith. It requires faith. And sometimes I think we, we view faith in an unbiblical way. And so let me just talk to you about faith and, and how faith and sacrifice go hand in hand. And the first thing I want to just point out to you is that biblical faith requires trusting God. 
trusting God. Notice this with Abraham in Genesis 22 and verse number 5. It says, he said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy, my son, go over there. We will worship. Sacrifice is worship. And notice this. And then we, come on, everybody shout we. That's key. And then we will come back to you. Huh? You're going to go tie your son up, sacrifice him, hire you and him both going to come back. Because I trust God. It didn't make a lot of sense to me, but I trust the word of God. And God's word told me, God spoke to me that this is the promised child. And all nations on earth will be blessed through him. And I don't understand it. It's difficult. It's painful. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But you know what? I trust God. And by faith, I believe that I'm going to go there and worship. And that somehow, some way that we, me and my son, are going to come back. You know what biblical faith does? It trusts God even when it doesn't make sense. The writer of Hebrews says it like this in Hebrews 11 and verse 17. It says, by faith. Abraham, when God tested, God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Abraham said, I don't know how God's going to do it, but even if I have to sacrifice this boy, I believe that God's word is true, that God, what he says is true, and if God, God will bring that boy back from the dead if he has to. But I trust God. I trust God. I trust God. Biblical faith requires trusting God, I want you to see something else about sacrifice and how it requires faith. And and the second thing I want you to see is that biblical faith requires action. Action. I want you to hear how James talks about Abraham. He says in his faith, in James chapter 2 and verse 20, it says, You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? I want you to catch that. He says, if you think you can have faith, with no deeds. If you think you have faith with no actions, you just talk about faith, but you don't do anything. He said, that's foolishness. And there's a lot of people in Christendom today who say they got faith in God. (laughs) But James says, no, no, you're being foolish. You're a foolish person. You want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? He says in verse 21, was not our father Abraham considered righteous? For what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar, you see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. Friends, understand this. You can't have biblical faith if all you do is talk about trusting God. You can't have biblical faith if all you do is talk about one day I'm going to give God my time. Well, you know, I, I got faith. I believe God, but one day I'm going to give him my talent and let him use me. I, no, no, you have to understand, Pastor. I've got a lot of faith. I've got mountain-moving faith. And one day I'll give God my treasure. One day I'll tithe. One day I'll give offerings. One day, and listen to me, don't fool yourself. Faith without actions is dead. How many of you remember the old Nike commercial? Just do it. Anybody remember that, huh? Just do it. Come on, that's, that's faith right there. Well, pastor, you know, when I get some more time and I mean things change, then I'll, then I'll serve and then I'll make. Just do it. 
Pastor, you know, one day, you know, right now, my talents, you know, I'm busy, and, you know, life is complicated. I'm busy, you know, the services are way too long, an hour. I can't serve. I can't be here for two whole hours. Two and a half hours. Are you kidding me? I can't tithe. You know, I tithe. When things change, I'll tithe. I'm not, I can't tithe. I can't get on me. No, I'm not doing that. I'm giving God my pinky, not my body. You crazy? And all I'm saying is the scripture says you don't have faith. Because faith without actions is dead. There's a third thing I want you to see here, and that is biblical faith releases blessings. Biblical faith releases blessings. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 on this whole chapter of faith. Here's what he says. And, faith without, faith, and, faith, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards. Come on, everybody say rewards. Understand that. He rewards those who earnestly seek him. When you step out in faith, when you honor God in faith, God is a, re a rewarder of those, notice that word, who earnestly, who earnestly seek him. And God rewarded and blessed Abraham because of his sacrifice. Come on, let's check this out together. This scripture is so powerful. Notice Genesis chapter 22 and verse number 11. I'm going to read several verses to you. I wanted to sink in your heart today. God rewarded Abraham because of his sacrifice. It says, but the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. And Abraham had his son on the altar. He was getting ready to sacrifice his son at the very moment. Man, tears, pain, uh, it's difficult. I'm giving up what I love for what I love more. And at that very moment, the, 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 the Lord called an angel of the Lord, said, here I, Abraham, Abraham. He says, here I am, verse 12. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God. It was just a test. Because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham, verse 14, so Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. Can I tell you, some of you, you don't know the Lord's provision like Abraham because you're not walking by faith. But when you step out in faith, can I tell you, you have a Mount Moriah moment. Moriah literally means the Lord will provide. And Abraham says, you know what I know about God? Whew, the Lord will provide. I stepped out in faith and the Lord was faithful. And to this day, the Bible says, it is said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because, notice this, because you have done this, because you have sacrificed, because you have stepped out in faith and, and, and have not withheld your son, your only son. Pause. What are you withholding from God? Time, your treasure, your talent. Abraham, you sacrificed everything. And even your only son that you love, you have not even withheld your son from me. Verse 17, I will surely bless you because I'm a rewarder of those who earnestly seek me. I'm going to bless you because of your faithfulness. And friends, it's true. When you sacrifice your time and your talent and your treasure for God, he is a rewarder of those 
who seek him. There's a lady in our church named Portia, and she sacrificed treasure to the Lord. And God is true to his word, and he blessed her life. I just want you to quickly hear Portia's story. Check this out. I would tithe, but I was what I call a, a sometimey tither to where I would give just here and there. Or I never really went by having a budget or anything. I'm in church, everyone's giving, so let me just slip something in the offering bucket real quick. Last year, we were doing the, the tithing challenge, and Pastor Cooper, he was talking about how God will open up the floodgates of heaven, all the the great things that come along with that. I started giving and didn't really even think about it. Things were going great. I had gotten married and stuff, and me and my husband, around the time we were trying to get a house, I had a medical procedure that I had to have, and then one turned into two. My medical expenses, it started to become overwhelming. Someone had called me and they're just like, look, if we don't get this money by the end of the week, we'll have to turn you over to collections. I mean, I kept hiding. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you know what, this is more money that I can be putting towards my medical costs to just get them to go away. And it was just a struggle. Things got desperate. I remember just getting in the car and I was praying. I was like, I am giving this all to you. I'm turning this all over to you because I can't do it on my own. There's no possible way. After I had prayed, five minutes later, the doctor's office called me. She says, well, I've got good news for you. And I'm thinking, oh, okay. And she goes, we owe you some money because you had overpaid. We owe you over $1,500. And so I'm thinking, oh, thank you, Jesus. Like I'm in the car and the kids are in the back yelling. I'm like, yes, thank you, Jesus, this is great. It was so much money that I was able to pay everybody off by the end of the week and I was still able to give my time on that Sunday. I was one of those people that doubted until God just showed up. He made the impossible possible for me. On Mount Moriah, the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. But it doesn't stop there. I want you to see this. Not only it says this, go back to verse 17. It says, I will surely bless you because God is a rewarder. But it goes on to say, and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Notice this. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. He says, listen, Abraham, because you sacrificed, because you walked in faith, I'm not just going to bless you. I'm going to bless your family. I'm going to bless your family. Then he goes on to say this, verse 18, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because, notice this, you have obeyed me. And he says, others will be blessed, Abraham, because you got on the altar and you sacrificed everything and you withheld nothing because you loved me. And people, church, can I tell you what this is all about? One more. There's a reason we sacrifice our time and our talent and our treasure. It's because we believe and we step out in faith. God won't just bless us. 
that would be awfully selfish thinking if it was just all about us. But he'll bless our family. He's going to bless our city. Lives are going to be changed. As we start the Northwest Campus, because we sacrifice, thousands of people are going to come to faith in Christ. Their lives are going to be transformed, and people are going to grow in faith because you and I sacrifice time, talent, and treasure. Our God changes lives when his people say, God, I sacrifice on the altar. I'm a living sacrifice, and I give you my entire life. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. Some of you missed last weekend. I want to encourage you. There's a brochure there that are on the tables out in the lobby. I want you to get one of those brochures if you didn't get one last week. You can learn about what we're doing to see more changed lives. Also, in the back of your seat pockets, last week, if you weren't here, we gave out these Dream Builder commitment cards. And we're all making one-year commitment starting November the 24th. I want you to bring this card back and say, Pastor... I'm getting on the altar, my time, my talent, my treasure, to see more changed lives. And so you don't need to fill it out today. Just take it home. Pray over it. Say, God, I get on the altar. I pick up my cross daily, and I follow you. I die to myself to advance your kingdom. And I want you to fill this out. And then time and talent, some of you right here, you're going to go to the Northwest Oklahoma City campus. I want you to check this box and turn it in November the 24th. Some of you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve at the Northwest Oklahoma City campus, Pastor. I'm going to serve. I'm going to be there at that new location when it opens up in April. Count on me. I'm going to be the William Solomon. I'm going to get on the altar, and I'm going to make a difference for God's kingdom. I want you to check that box. For some of you, it's, Pastor, I don't serve right now, but, man, I'm going to serve. I'm going to start serving in November, and for next year, Pastor, count on me to be a dream builder. I know I'm busy, and... Life's busy. My life's busy. I've got four precious kids and a lovely wife. Life's busy. Church, responsibilities. At the end of the day, it's getting on the altar. I said, God, what you want, true worship, is not me coming to hear a sermon and to sing songs. True worship is when I offer my body as a living sacrifice. That's true worship. I'm going to ask you to serve at People's Church at one of our locations and let us know where you're going to serve on the back side of this card. Next year, you send pastor starting November the 24th, I commit to tithe. And pastor, you know what? I've never tithed before. Trust God. The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. Some of you, you know what? You used to tithe, and then you hopped back off the altar, and you gave God a pinky finger. And I'm saying, would you get back on the altar? The Lord will provide. He'll be faithful. Honor him. Put him first. The first 10% of your income, honor him by giving it to the local church where you worship. The Lord will provide. And then there's a whole bunch of our folks who are tithers. You return 10%. I'm asking you to pray for one more changed life. What you'll give over and above the tithe, offerings for next year. And let us know the commitment that you're going to make by filling out this card. And then on November the 24th, we're all going to come, People's Church, as a church family, with our cards filled out, saying, God, I'm giving you my time, my talent, and my treasure. We're going to come with our best offering, November the 24th, to not only get the project started, but we want to get them finished, and as I said, into that new location in April. The renovation's done sometime in January or February for one sole purpose, more change. And God is a rewarder of those who earnestly, earnestly seek Him.